Hello, this is Hugo Prévost and you're listening to SVGA, your PC retro gaming podcast. It's just me this week, since my co-host and good friend Robert is busy with the newsletters for the Ottawa Lookout, a local media in Canada's capital city, that is published three times a week. I encourage you to subscribe, but of course, after listening to this episode. Um, so, since it's just you and me for this episode number 13, uh, let's try something different, shall we? Okay, so picture this. The year is 1997. I'm just over 11 years old. I'm still living in the family home, of course, in the sweet, comfortable and absolutely boring West End of Montreal North. A few weeks earlier, my dad won a computer in a raffle. That machine was given by a company that has now disappeared, like so many other similar businesses that sprang up at the end of the 90s to surf on the wave of consumer interest for relatively affordable PCs. It ran at a whooping 200 MHz, had 32 MB of RAM, 2 MB of video memory, and a fantastic 3.5 GB of storage. Um, today, I think my phone has probably something like at least 10 times this computing power, but at the time, it was more than enough for me to play a bunch of games and to burn at least one motherboard, but that's another story. So, it's the end of 1997, and for Christmas, I got what is probably my favorite game of all time, The Last Express. Not that I could play it immediately, mind you. The computer was so new, my parents and I were so uninitiated that the sound driver was not even correctly configured. It was, after all, the time of manually installing the driver for your sound card. Our driver's CD came with a little surprise, by the way, something I think I already mentioned in the Biomenace episode. If you went into DOS and accessed the FUN directory from the CD, and yes, it was called FUN, you had access to 99 games, mostly shower and demo versions. The quality varied a lot. But it was my first state for some classic games, including Hocus Pocus and a few others. Anyway, back to the last express. Uh, my first taste of the game was in fact at a friend's house on the days following Christmas. And wow, what a journey that was. Developed by Smoking Car Productions and published in 1997 by Broderbund Interactive, The Last Express is a story-driven adventure game that is mostly based on the point-and-click system. At the time, the point-and-click method was still quite popular, but the gimmicks, in a sense, of the Sierra days were slowly coming to an end. There were some titles that tried to modernize the genre, including The, the Last Dynasty, a Sierra game that combined full-motion video and point-and-click, but the result is not really good. Maybe one day we'll review it, but I'm pretty sure that Robert hasn't forgiven me yet for playing Phantasmagoria, so maybe we'll set this one out. Anyway, The Last Express takes place in 1914, a few weeks after the assassination of Australian-Hungarian Archduke Franz Ferdinand, and I'm sorry for the, my pronunciation here, my accent is already quite bad, so you can imagine if I try to uh, speak some word in uh, Austrian. Anyway, so uh, Franz Ferdinand is killed, and Europe is, the, is barreling towards the official start of the First World War. You play the role of Robert Kaff, a young American that is fleeing the authorities sorry, after ending up killing a policeman in Ireland. Contacted by your friend Tyler Whitney, you end up in Paris and climb aboard the Orient Express, prob probably the most famous luxury train of all time. Just before World War I, once again, that, that train ran from Paris to Constantinople in the Ottoman Empire. Today, of course, that city is called Istanbul and is located in Turkey. 
And so for three days and two nights, you will go through France, Germany, Austria-Hungary, and eventually the Ottoman Empire, whilst drinking fine wine and eating only the best food. And possibly, as we do in the game, become part of an international plot to smuggle weapons across Europe, fall in love, and escape death a few times. All in three days. So there is you, Robert Kaff, on the run from the police, having come aboard the train illegally and taking the place of your friend, Tyler Whitney, who you find dead in his cabin during the first minutes of the game. And that is where probably The Last Express becomes a great game. I know it's about 10 minutes in, you have the right to say, you go, you may be blinded by nostalgia. But I can assure you, the game is already fantastic. First of all, you have this animation technique called rotoscoping, which consists of painting or drawing over film sequences, including footage of real actors. And that's exactly what they did here. They took all the actors that were needed to play the characters, they filmed them on a set, and then they painted, they drew over them before adding the environment. Said environment, by the way, is modeled after the real train. And so, for example, when you walk in the corridors, what you can see will be restricted by the width of that corridor, and the side of the game screen will also be restricted. This will change when you're in the special train cars, included in the restaurant and the smoking lounge. You see, it's the little things. Even better, excluding the fight sequences, because yes, there are some fight sequences, more that in a bit, everything is presented at about one-fourth of a FPS. Not that the game is extremely taxing on the hardware, but because it's more like a graphic novel than a frictic action-packed video game. Sometimes the action will go faster, including for drama reasons, but this way of taking things slow, in a sense, is a way of giving the player a chance to concentrate on the dialogue. And that's for the best, since, well, behind all the stuff about love, friendship and courage, which could be called the first layer of the scenario, The Last Express is all about the transformation of the social and political world in 1914. There are Serbian revolutionaries about, <laughs> uh, on the train, there's also a German selling weapons to those Serbs via Tyler Whitney, who you know how to play the part of. Uh, there's an old aristocratic Russian, his granddaughter, and her former friend who is now advocating for the fall of a terrorist regime in St. Petersburg, and so on and so on. And there is also you, who seems to be battling against the old powers in order to transform the world into something else. Your motives are never really clear. But one thing is certain, this train is a microcosm of Europe and beyond, and not everyone will survive until the end of the line. So, I'm more than 1100 words in, and you may ask, uh, Hugo, is it a good game? What's the gameplay like? Uh, well, mostly you navigate around the train and you start by talking to people. Uh, there are no dialogue options, skill checks, or anything like that. What you sometimes have to do, however, is be at the right place at the right time. There's a few key interactions that you must have, and some objects that you have to gather in order to progress in the game and not get a game, game over screen. And so there's a bit of trial and error. Nothing too fancy, no moon logic like the Sierra games of old. But when I replayed the game the last time, I have to admit that I needed to look a walkthrough online for one or two sequences. You could also use the ingenious time system. When you open the options menu, you also get access to the saving system and a map on which you can see the progress of the train so far. There you can move back time using a, a clock and so erase your actions in a sense. When you get back into the game, you will be granted about 30 seconds to be able to change your mind. Otherwise, you're stuck in the past, so to speak. So, are there some problems in the game? Well, there are a few. 
First of all, the main creator of the game, Jordan Mechner, who is also known for the original Prince of Persia, went ahead with fighting sequences. Um, those are so different from the main game when you never have to click on something in a split second that you will probably need to restart the combat a few times, and it can be quite frustrating. There's also the fact that there's a few dozen ways to fail, but only one way to win the game. So it was, of course, standard practice at the time, and it is, it is still the way to go for many games today, but don't go into the last express thinking that you'll be able to unlock secret endings or that you'll be able to play some kind of new game plus, for example. I, I've seen around on the internet uh, people saying there's four endings. I never got past the thing, what is the main one. I don't know if it's true that it's four endings. Anyway, so you can look into, into it yourselves if you want to, but... Yeah, mostly it's going to be the, the good ending and about 30 ways to, well, basically kill yourself or get a game over screen. Um, besides that, The Last Express is a classic. But uh, it's also a game so unique, so different, that it occupied its whole niche and that there never really was another game that was as bizarre and as fascinating, at least not in the same way. Uh, there never was any sequel either, and that's probably for the best. In the end, the art direction is fantastic, the acting is good, the dialogue is rock solid, and the music is great. What more can you ask for? Um, if you want to play the game, however, for a little while it was difficult to do. The original version is good for Windows 95, 98, and for Macintosh, depending, depending on the, on the, uh, the edition you, you got. Uh, but then you can only play it on iPad before PC port came out after a few months. So there was a, a, a sort of a gap period where it wasn't possible to play it, basically, uh, even before the iPad version. And uh, even with the port on the PC, they had some problems, to say the least, including an interface that seemed directly ripped off from the iPad version and was completely different from the old PC version. So if, if you are nostalgic, if you are an old player of that game, it can be a bit disconcerting to see that everything's moved around and it's not the same way to control the, 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 the characters and so on, the objects in the environment. Or maybe I'm just old and cranky and I fondly remember the old Windows version. So that's, that's for you to decide. Um, luckily, the game is also classified as abandonware, at least in, uh, for its French version. And so you can find it for free-ish on the internet with an installer that is compatible with Windows 7 and probably 10 and 11. And so you get the old interface. And uh, yeah, I said, I found it in French because that's, version I remember playing it on uh, but yeah probably you can find it in English too if you look around so that's that's up to you once again um, of course now you can buy it on GOG and Steam it cost about uh, last time I checked it was about six or seven dollars so it's really really a good bargain if you want if you're into this this kind of uh, this kind of games uh, whatever you prefer be sure to give it a go it's uh, it's fantastic uh, that's everything I have to say about this. It's a fantastic game. It's a really, really good time. Uh, there's this whole part of the game where you can just explore, don't have to talk to anyone. You get a key that unlocks every cabin, so you get into people's private stuff, and you can read diaries, you can look around to see what was the context of living in 1914 and uh, taking basically a ride across Europe uh, just before everything goes to hell, basically. 
So uh, that's it for this episode of SVGA. Thank you for listening. If you want to catch up on your previous episode and bonus content, you can find it all on piov.ca. We're also on Apple Podcast, on Spotify, on Google Podcast, and on our hosting service, Balado Quebec. If you like what you hear, if you can support the podcast by going on pf.ca and clicking on the uh, boutique don menu, it's in French, but I'm sure you'll find your way. Uh, there you can contribute via PayPal or by buying some, um, uh, buying some there, there we go, of our merchandise. We got this whole shop for you. We got uh, t-shirts, we got hoodies, we got coffee mugs, of course, and, and so on and so on. So uh, have a look. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.